0: hey y'all it's crystal and it's samantha and this is serial holic sisters true crime shit did you hear that noise no (laughs) okay
1: good maybe nobody heard it i like banged into something in here it's
0: (laughs) so i was gonna say i can't hear it because i'm too busy trying to make sure that um nobody in the background is loud during our podcast recording because today everybody's up Hey y'all, we missed y'all for the last week. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. We've had a lot of uh, difficulties because of like weather and stuff like that. Yeah. As, I mean, I know it's probably hasn't hit everybody that listens to our podcast, but um it's we've we've had uh, some pretty crappy winter <laughs> weather that we're not uh, used to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got it, it got real cold here that it legit froze our pipes. Um, we had rolling blackouts, uh,
1: (laughs) you know, just normal winter
0: stuff. It's fine. Right. For for like almost a week. Um, so yeah. And then me and my husband decided to go on our getaway trip that we were going to do for the, for a couple days. Um, and I thought really hard about recording, but we got super busy and we did not record, but Now we're back and we're ready to roll out this episode but lucky for you guys you'll get two episodes in one week.
1: (laughs) We're we're gonna make it up to you because we missed last weekend because of all the crap so you'll get (laughs) two this week. (laughs) All the stupid shit. shit.
0: (laughs) All the shit. So we got our twisted teas and we're ready to roll. (laughs) We are ready. Mine's Um, peach. I got a peach twisted tea. It's yummy know i tried one of those and i felt like it was um not peachy the way that i was expecting i don't know it was it's not the same i got my like, regular like what do you want what do you want <laughs> it wasn't peachy enough it wasn't peachy enough i like peach tea and it didn't taste the way i was hoping well uh, i'm happy <laughs> so my on our our trip my husband went ice skating for the first time in his life it was so comical <laughs>
1: it sounds dangerous
0: it was it was kind of funny though so especially um, because
1: I have two weak ankles so I just like imagine myself trying to do it and both of my feet just breaking off
0: well I mean shoot we both have really bad yeah I remember I I've ice skated once before and um Dallas has not so We we wanted to try it. He really wanted to try it. Once we got the skates on, there was immediate regret in his face.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine him ice skating. I wish I could have seen it.
0: Oh my gosh! So <laughs> those I don't I don't show pictures much of my husband or anything. He's not a he's not a picture kind of guy. He likes to stay behind the scenes. So just picture this <laughs> for our audience my husband is over 300 pounds <laughs> he's a big guy not like all fat or anything he's just like a he's, big brawling like he's really tall and really yeah like just he's, just all big big, all around. Like, he's like the brawny guy type man like he's a right. big guy and <laughs> it's so funny he almost did the splits <laughs> oh gosh Oh, I felt so awful for him. I really wish that I would have recorded it, but I was uh, afraid me too. like if we, if we were on our, like if I tried to record or anything when I was on ice skates or had it in my back pocket or anything and I accidentally fail, fell or something, I was going to like break it. So I gave him my phone and he put it in his front pocket. So <laughs> <She> <laughs> I gave him the phone. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> But it was great. It was a good trip. Well, we've just
1: been snowed in for the past week because where we live, it never, ever snows. So we have no snow plows. I know, which cracks me up. (laughs) So everywhere literally is just like sheets of snow the entire street. So we've just been all stuck at home together for the last week. And it's just, it's just so great. Like... (laughs)
0: we don't we don't need to all, all be separated at all <laughs> <laughs> we're all coming together i totally don't disappear in my closet 20 times a day <laughs> i wasn't like
1: every single day hey can you record yet hey can you record i need to be away from them
0: i <laughs> you know stupid blackouts awful. yeah it was so awful but we're finally warming up uh, our pipes officially became unfroze yesterday it broke through
1: I was very afraid that you probably were gonna break and that was gonna be oh my be terrible. gosh
0: that we were petrified oh and I didn't even tell you about that I mean I told you about it but I didn't even tell our audience about the worst thing that ever happened we almost died
1: <laughs> okay this was real dumb
0: by the way <laughs> we almost died we um we woke up before our trip my husband goes outside and he's like I'm gonna check like I'm gonna start packing our stuff into the car that we're gonna take. He noticed before we did that, um, that my driver's side like back tire was flat because you know, bad and cold weather can make yeah. tires lose air. So But like, apparently it was something
1: else, not just cold weather because it had to be plugged.
0: Yeah. So I was like, well, and that shocks me too, because those are brand new tires. But I was like, just go air it up, no big deal. He's like, no. He was being cautious and was like, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go take it to the tire shop. We have a couple tire shops in this town. I know it's a small town, but um, we do have a couple tire shops. You're like, that's so all we have is tire shops. <laughs> yeah, we only have tire shops. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he takes it to a tire shop. And like, we've always had really good, thorough checks with this place. So I was like, like, where no were you way. going? <laughs> No, the guy does great. Um, Notice that there was some air coming out and he's like, I'm going to plug it. So he plugged the the hole. Um, he said it would be fine. We could get a new tire when we got back. Like, it'll be fine. No big deal. Okay, cool. We leave. Um, we're driving. We're probably 15 miles down the road. And I just keep hearing this like loud noise. It do- it doesn't feel right in my car. I was like, this isn't right. There's
1: a loud you noise and it. her car is wobbling. Who can guess what it
0: is? (laughs) It's wobbling. I'm like, get out and check. And he gets out, and he's like, the tire pressure's good. Like, there's no, it seems fine. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Let's just see if maybe it's just the road because it's been sheets of ice or whatever, you know. And I was like, okay. Um, so we're driving a little bit farther, and I was like, nope, pull over. Get get over. This isn't right. He pulls over. And he gets out, checks the back tire, and he notices it's a little loose feeling. So I'm like, "Um, well, there's a tire shop like a mile down the road. Let's turn around, go really slow, and head to the tire shop. He's like, you're right. Let's do that. So we turn around. We're going maybe 30 miles an hour, and bam, our tire falls off. (laughs) was like oh my god (laughs) first time
1: you decide to go on a trip in forever and your freaking tire (laughs) falls off within like 20 miles of leaving home
0: (laughs) basically the gods were not in our favor
1: (laughs) it was fine (laughs) everything turned out fine the guy when he plugged the tire he didn't tighten
0: the freaking lug nuts and well he did so the thing the thing was it was on the tire machine and when you go and drop it to tighten it or whatever, you know. It was, I think it slanted so it wasn't on there straight. Well, yeah. Well, so he didn't put the nuts on right. Like he didn't do it right. That's your one job, your tire guy. Like that's what you're supposed to do. He was yeah. It we I don't care if he was nice. He he did it wrong. (laughs) It's okay. He he's paying for the damage. (laughs) (laughs) But man, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. I've never had that happen. So it was very interesting almost died we're alive we're good <laughs> so yeah so yeah that was basically how our just the beginning started. of your vacation went everything else went good yeah anyway right. this week this week is technically crystal's week but because we're a week behind um i'm gonna start ours off with mine and then she'll roll in to our second episode for the week so, yeah
1: but separate like
0: it not will be together separate. It'll be separate. <laughs> yeah, we're both
1: gonna nice. do one and you're gonna get both one from each of us this week
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's okay, you first so here we
0: go let's start let's so ahead. let's start
1: hopefully you didn't pick the should, same person should we start I hope not because
0: you had me real nervous the other day because you're like I don't remember who I did I'm like, what? <laughs> well I've got like I've got this case and then I have like two or three other cases that have been started. (laughs) I was like, how do you not
1: remember who
0: you did? I know, I know, it's awful. I was like, are you
1: sure you actually did someone or you just dreamed that you did one and then you're going to go to record and you have nothing finished?
0: (laughs) I did it. It's not going to be, so I will will say, this one's probably not going to be a super long um, case. It's not, it's not huge, but it's, It's interesting. I like this case. So. I like interesting things, so let's mm-hmm. let's get into it. Let's see. It was November 18th, 1986. Pick up sticks. Pick up sticks. And a huge, severe winter storm. Yay, winter storms hit <laughs> Newtown, <laughs> Connecticut. Okay. The roads were awful. Like, the driving conditions were really difficult. And they just kept getting worse because the storm was getting worse electricity eventually went out in the area for several hours and for the next couple of days like snow plows and sanders were working to keep the roads cleaned up for vehicles to still go past what are those snow plows sanders we don't I have know. those down here <laughs> we have plenty down here <laughs> <laughs> um november 20th joseph Hine, a 37 year old utility man arrived at um the municipal garage at eleven thirty 30 p.m like the city garage you know yeah and he took the sander out and began to drop sand on route 172 i don't
1: know why but i'm very nervous right now
0: well we'll get there so this is one of the major roads that's in that town like okay he slowly continued doing this for hours and at about 3.30 in the morning, he came across what he described as a U-Haul van, like the box vans, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, And it, it was off-white, its lights were off, and as he got closer...
1: Was it a U-Haul or was it just like a kidnapper van? No,
0: it was a U-Haul. <laughs> okay. As he got closer, he saw a large wood chipper that was attached to the back yeah okay so the chipper was old it wasn't like a brand new wood chipper either and as he passed the u-haul he saw a man standing near the driver door who's walking towards the rear of the truck and he just motioned uh hind past him like to go he's past. Like, him. he's like nothing
1: to see here keep going
0: No worries i know it's three thirty in the morning but whatever
1: i'm just walking towards my wood chipper no reason
0: yeah so two hours later around 5:30 um he was plowing his way back the opposite direction and he saw the same U-haul with the same wood chipper attached and this time he noticed the back of the van was open super sketchy and he saw some wood chips inside and also wood chips on the shoulder of the road was it wood chips yeah well okay. he he thought it was super odd though because it's super early in the morning and it's the like, middle why of the you, why are you
1: why are you eating wood on the side of the road in
0: the middle of a snowstorm? In,
1: in the snowstorm at like three something that we're in the
0: morning. Yeah. So he's like, why is somebody doing that? Like, so he just kept plowing. He ignored this and um, kept running. I, would, I
1: would continue plowing while also calling the police. We'll,
0: we'll get to that. <laughs> well, I mean, so, it was 86. Well, he
1: didn't have a cell phone.
0: So, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. So now we're going to start this case off um, with Richard Crafts. Okay.
1: Okay. Let's
0: do it. So Richard crafts. He was born in New York City in December or on December twentieth, nineteen thirty-seven. He grew up with two older sisters. His father, who is like a very successful businessman in Manhattan, um, Manhattan in Manhattan <laughs> in Manhattan. <laughs> I was I know, like, oh, I was <laughs> like why, why did I enunciate those <laughs> T's?
1: Very fancy.
0: In Manhattan. Kinky <laughs>
1: yes always pinkies out
0: um (laughs) dallas looked at me crazy when i said that after every single drink that i oh
1: oh my god he's like i'm never taking on vacation again if this is
0: (laughs) (laughs) we we went to this uh bar and grill and i'm not i'm not opposed to beer drinking by all means i'm not a big drinker but i'm more like i'm more of a the harder alcohol. He's he sticks to the beer and I'm like, here, give me a Manhattan. A Manhattan. <laughs> I'm in between it both, right y'all. Like I, I'm
1: just like, I'll drink all of it because I am I know. trash.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I both do, but um no, I ordered a I wanted to try at this one place. One of their like signature drinks was a blood orange Cosmo. And of course mm. They brought it out in a martini <laughs> glass. So I was like, I'm so fancy. Oh my I- God.
1: He's like, I can't anyways. take you anywhere.
0: <laughs> so uh, his dad was successful. His father, John was a former World War I pilot and a college football player. Oh, dang. And he was like, he was a really good father to his children. So like Richard grew up, no issues, super good kid, you know? Mm -hmm. He even attended private school, and even though he didn't, like, do very good in private school, he still later graduated and even tried, um, like, a bit of college for a small amount of time before he joined the Marines. Okay. So, he had an interest in aviation. His dad was a pilot. Right. He had an interest in it, and so he became proficient in flying helicopters in the military. It actually helps him, helped him later on, like, become certified as a pilot in the late 1950s. Okay. So, in 1958, he transferred to Korea and Japan, where he spent time flying planes for Air America, which was an organization that was recognized in the branch of the CIA. So like I got confused
1: for a second, because I remember we were in the 86, and then we were in the 50s, but we were going back. We were doing yeah, the background.
0: we were back, we were back. We were back. <laughs> Sorry, I not totally not trying to confuse you. I I had to give you the first bit so that you'll understand later. I only
1: remember 86 because that's my birth year.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: So I'm like focused on it. I'm like that was a good year cuz and the reason you know, I started off, world. world.
0: <laughs> the reason I started off with that is you'll understand later on.
1: Okay. Okay. That's not a reason. Keep going. No,
0: under- <laughs> it, that, that is my reason. You understand? Don't you worry, girl. Don't you worry.
1: I'm so worried. Continue. No.
0: <laughs> okay. So he also wasn't like a bad looking man at that time. You see pictures now. I mean, not- at that time. That's why I was saying, you see pictures <laughs> when we share pictures. He's not my cup of tea, <laughs> but he was not a bad looking man for women out there. Okay.
1: And <laughs> I now have to Google him. What was his name again?
0: Richard Kraft. Richard.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, he was scruffy looking, and by the time he was 31, um, he had seemed to be never without a woman, if that makes sense. Like, he dated a lot. Okay. He dated stewardesses and women, like, that he would see in places that he was set for a couple of weeks when he would go. Um, and he didn't really have issues finding work because he was a pilot but in 1969 um he met who this case is gonna be about um and i don't want to pronounce her name wrong so it's he healy i think is how you say it how do you spell it it's h-e-l-l-e um healy maybe okay it, it's healy i will probably say healy healy yeah, well, and I looked, I looked up how to pronounce it when we were going, like, when I was doing this, and I had them listen, like, you know how they pronounce it Like them? the Google pronunciation. Yes, and I, it's, I heard Healy, so, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. He's he not cute, by ended. the way. I, I looked his picture
1: up. He's, he's not cute okay, to me. Hey, <laughs> thank you. He's not your 15.
0: um. Anyways, so, like, he meet, met her in 1969 but he was actually already engaged to someone else too oh scandalous and I guess and I guess she didn't really seem to mind like she oh, still okay. loved his company so she still kept seeing him even though he had relationships with other women
1: so the fiance knew that he was seeing other girls and he was just like it's cool. she was just like no it's cool. she
0: didn't know oh but he knew he knew. knew he was he was with another woman and he was still dating other women. And she was just like, okay, promiscuous uh, well, girl. I like your company. So I'm still going to see you anyways. Okay. I'm not cheating on anyone. You're cheating on someone. She's I, just, she's like, I'm, I'm just, sorry, the,
1: I'm just the other woman. Basically.
0: I just don't understand how women can be okay with that. No, I, I, never I, okay with
1: I, I don't understand it. I I'd, mean,
0: be like the, I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Healy. So, okay girl I will see you um <laughs> so they have like this on again off again type of relationship for a couple years and they even fought in public a couple times too um okay. because he was seeing other women you know and she finally was like uh I I kind of want you to myself so I'm gonna start fighting with you so I'm gonna and- need you to break
1: off your your engagement that you had before <laughs> we got together
0: <laughs> so basically they were really they were really fucking toxic to each other <laughs> But they were like, I don't care. So in 1975, Healy found out she was pregnant with his child. Oh, no, you're not supposed to get the side chick pregnant. Right. So like most during this time, Kraft left his other lady and left all the other women and was like, I'm going to marry you. So he proposed and they got married. I'm sorry, your proposal
1: doesn't mean anything to me because
0: I know what kind of person (laughs) you are. (laughs) But she, she took it. So he proposed and she's like, hell yeah, let's go get married. So in November that same year, they got married in New Hampshire because oh, you so like they wasted no time. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. like, she's like, I'm pregnant with your baby. So what are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, let's get married. And she's like, okay. He's <laughs> like, okay. I have a preacher right here.
1: <laughs> she like pulls him out of the closet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just been stashing him for a while. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Don't even worry about it. Mm -mm. So the year after they were married, um, Crafts bought a one-level ranch home in Newtown, Connecticut. Okay. They had their first child and a couple years into the marriage, they had two more children. So they now have three kids. Okay. And so after having three kids, she decided she wanted to go back to work which she used to be a stewardess which is how he met her
1: because he was like a pilot yes okay
0: and so she returned to her job as a stewardess and they hired um like kind of like a stay-at-home type nanny yeah okay and her name yeah and her name was dawn marie thomas she was 19 years old oh is he gonna get involved with the nanny now we'll see (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "Well, she, well, she's 19, so we'll see." Um, the answer I'm just gonna tell you: No, she he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't? Oh,
1: okay, I was yeah, sure by your reaction that he was, and I was like, "Dang it!"
0: Okay. No. So they hire her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's 19. She's caring for the kids when uh Healy is gone, working, and Richard continued working as a pilot.
1: Okay. So, so like, they're just like gone all the time because stewardess gone and A lot are just gone. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if you know about this but like stewardess their jobs are a little bit different. So like pilots they can work for an entire month every single day. Okay. And the next month they can work for like two weeks. Right. And stewardess they're a little different. Stewardess can work for four days and then not work again for two weeks and then they can work again so it's a little different right so um pilots and stewardess they kind of make and they make quite a bit of money too so with them being them both working in that industry they were making about one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year which uh-huh. at that time yeah was a lot more money than how we do right it now okay i see y'all yeah. So after a couple of years, Richard started collecting guns. Which as, one, caused,
1: as one does, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was his hobby, right? And it caused issues with Healy because she didn't agree with how hostile he started to get. And she didn't like guns being in the house.
1: Well, yeah, no, we don't need a hostile person with guns.
0: That's not Yeah. Okay. So like he'd spend this money. She wouldn't like it. And he'd be like, "Um, it, I'm doing it and start flipping out over it and so okay that's cool idea. (laughs) he's like hey we have three small children he's like it's my money bitch so anyways um she didn't agree with him having guns right right so she would even go out in public and people said that she had bruises on her face so like his hostility started getting a little bit physical yeah that's no good in fact, her best friend actually called the police and said she was being abused, but um, because Healy didn't report it, you know, there's right. nothing that can be done because that's, that's how that works. That's how that works.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: She has to be the one that has to report it. I mean, we can report it. It it sucks. That's just how it is, though. Mm-hmm. It's a judgment call. But anyways, um, so her friend had told the police that he was physically abusing her during her pregnancies too. And then he disappeared for days without saying where he was. And Healy would never know because, you know, they didn't have cell phones or anything. Right. That's cool. Just be gone. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. She'd just be like, oh, he's away on business or he's at gun shows or whatever. And here's the kicker. Um, Richard controlled all the money too oh cool 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 so like she's working and he's controlling the money so because he controlled the money for the family he would make healy spend her paycheck on the house expenses and then he would drop money on landscaping equipment equipment sorry or <laughs> um gun show equipment okay and then um there was one time that he had actually- the landscape that's random I know, but like there was one time that he actually spent $25,000 on a backhoe that he never even used. I was like,
1: at first I was like, oh, maybe he uses it for work. But then I was like, no, he's a pilot. <laughs> like, he doesn't need that for work.
0: No, he doesn't. That was the thing. Like he just spent his money on it. He's like, oh, I think I need that. So I I'm need I need a big ass I'm backhoe.
1: Gonna so I'm just going to buy it. Okay. I'm going to
0: buy this and I'm going to use it and then never used it. So it just sat. So like he spent all this money because he just had it.
1: I would lose my shit.
0: Oh, hell motherfucking no. I'd be like, hell no. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go outside and watch you use this fucking backhoe right now. Use it. <laughs> you got to go use it right fucking now. It's snowing. I don't care. I don't care. Maybe you can use it to plow the snow because <laughs> we don't have those
0: here. <laughs> so in 1982, Nope. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. My, my boys are upstairs and I'm pretty sure they're probably wrestling. <laughs> so 19, 1982, 1982 is that we in, in 1982, <laughs> despite his responsibilities, um, his house was like in need of constant repair. So oh. So you can just like buy back us, but not like keep your house up. Exactly. So like no. he um he decided he's going to he's gonna get a second job because he just keeps on spending all this, this just money. Just sell some of your shit that you don't need. <laughs> right? Well, he became an auxiliary police officer in Newtown. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. He was not paid for his time with the police department. That's not a second job, son. That's I- a volunteer. <laughs> I know. I know. He wasn't paid... So, like, but he took his job, like, super serious. Um, so oh, my he, God. Okay. He was, he, like, I know. He's <laughs> he one was of those like, people. He's, like, I got a badge now. I have authority. I exactly. Respect that's exactly it. <laughs> he Except he was an auxiliary police officer, which is, like, nothing. <laughs> so, he would, like, hang around the police station. I don't know what an exal- auxiliary. Is that, like, a... Uh, when, it's like a when you say that, I'm just thinking, like a, like, a security guard
1: like yes paul blart mo cop (laughs) okay okay
0: so like um he would hang around the police department or whatever like when he was off duty and sometimes he's always off duty because he's not getting paid (laughs) (laughs) honey you're not on duty (laughs) um then he would respond to police calls like without authorization because he's not a real (laughs)
1: they'd be like we got a police jargon and he'd be like 10-4 I'm on it and they're like no you don't work here stop responding
0: (laughs) well a couple a couple years later he's like I'm gonna apply for a police officer job now so in 1986 he was hired as a police officer in a nearby town um right next to Newtown called Southbury okay and his salary was seven dollars an hour (laughs) Okay, which is beneath his pay as an air, like, like a, a pilot. Like what is what is you doing? <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Well, so, he, so we're back to eighty six then. Yeah. So he paid his own way for expensive training sem- seminars um, that basically gave instructions on police procedures, and uh, he performed his police duties with like intent on being very serious about his job so he purchased a 1985 ford crown victoria (laughs) my god yes he did
1: he's like i am a super serial police officer except that i'm not actually a police officer
0: right it's Mm. the same type of car that you know state police use so he's like here i come (laughs) (laughs) they're like please don't (laughs) okay he even outfitted his own police car and what i mean is like he paid for multiple radios, antennas, police lights and even Stop a siren it. he put Stop into it. his vehicle. Stop it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then during all this time, um he was he was still married, you know. Yeah. So he even though he's still married, because now he spends his time as a pilot and a police officer, he started seeing other women still. Where
1: where does he have all this time to do all know. of these things? Like hey, I do
0: nothing and I'm exhausted. Where did he have all this time? Can we go back to Jason call is it Collier or something? Yeah. The guy. <laughs> My gosh. I had like two wives, twelve girlfriends, That's three fiances. Like crazy.
1: <laughs> and he was a police officer
0: which i'm not i'm not uh bad mouthing police officers obviously because no i'm just saying I'm, like i'm going to school for i don't understand it, how police or, like, officers have time for that <laughs> no for all which, these different relationships
1: without other people knowing like without them knowing about each other for like ever
0: right and i'm not going to school to be a police officer i'm going to school to be higher than that obviously but but uh that's what i'm saying i'm like not dogging on police officers by all means but damn i'm saying how do you have time for all this shit but okay i don't know so and it's super sad right because like his wife stayed at home taking care of the kids and then she'd go to work so like it was back and forth work and home only so here's the thing though healy was like actually aware of him cheating but she tolerated it I mean, she can't be surprised. She, can't she, be surprised was, she was she was the it. other
1: woman for quite a while. <laughs> she
0: was the other woman, she was the other woman. Um, so like she was aware of it, but because of the children, and maybe even to keep up appearances, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's why she tolerated it. Yeah, makes sense. Their marriage was obviously crumbling. <laughs> um, Healy even spoke about divorcing him to her friends. And in the summer of 1986, she reached out to a divorce attorney and hired a private detective named Keith Mayo to get evidence against Richard in order to divorce him and keep her kids through keep the divorce. The kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's where it starts getting interesting. Okay. Okay. So on December 1st, 1986, the Newtown Police Department in Central Connecticut received a phone call from Keith Mayo, the private de- private investigator that she right. hired. Right, um, He said that his client Healy Crafts had recently disappeared, and he was afraid that she may have been murdered by her husband Richard. Oh no! Okay. Mayo was adamant. Like he insisted that the new town police investigate the crime immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, he Get said on the that ship. according to yeah, he said that according to his information, Healy left her home on November nineteenth to drive oh. to Richard's sister's house, which was in nearby Westport, a couple towns away. Um, but Healy never showed up at the sister's house and has not been heard from since then.
1: So that was a while ago.
0: Yeah. The 19th and it's December 1st. And he's, he also said that her car was later found in an employee parking lot of Pan Am Airlines at the Kennedy airport. Okay. Which is not unusual for her being a stewardess. Okay. Newtown detectives knew Richard Crafts very well. I mean, he worked as a police officer. (laughs)
1: He was always all up in their business trying to...
0: Yeah. So they've known him pretty well since, you know, 1982. So it's been a couple years. Mm -hmm. And he had a reputation of, like, a somewhat rigid patrolman who took his limited, remember, limited responsibilities Mm -hmm. very seriously. So they couldn't imagine him doing anything wrong. Right. He took it seriously. So... When investigators interviewed Richard on December 2nd, which was the day after it was reported Healy was gone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He said on the night before Healy disappeared, she was happy, showed no signs of being different or upset. And he and his wife slept at home. And when they awoke that morning, Richard said the plan was for Healy go to his sister's house in Westport um, because they had no power because the the bad weather (laughs) due to a storm yeah okay he's like i've not seen my wife or heard from her since wednesday november 19th um but i didn't think i should mention that to anyone at all right like no biggie so okay you haven't (laughs) seen her but you didn't want to anything i mean it's just been a couple weeks you know that's normal (laughs) here's the weird thing though like he actually told her friends that were trying to contact her since the 19th Mm -hmm. that she had left and he didn't know where she was
1: (laughs) he was like she's just gone gone i don't know
0: but police didn't seem super concerned at first because missing cases around there were not rare like they typically just turned up safe they weren't actually missing okay so they,
1: they were them, so they were rare
0: <laughs> no like they weren't right ra- like a missing person's case wasn't actually a missing person's case
1: okay so they had so lots of like supposedly missing cases persons. right but they just turn left.
0: up mm-hmm. got it okay so for them like this just seemed to be like a wife who left her husband due to marital issues and just needed some time alone
1: but nobody's seen her
0: but nobody's seen or, or her. Or heard
1: from her or
0: but during that the next and business. during the Right? And during the next few days, the case seemed to change. Um, yeah. So investigators started interviewing friends and family and even neighbors of Healy. Mm-hmm. And all of them described her as a devoted mother that would never leave her children and that her husband... Had series of affairs and that Healy recently found out that he had another girlfriend in New Jersey that he had been seeing for years. So she was talking about divorcing him.
1: Right. Like she literally hired a private investigator so that she could get custody of the kids. Like she's not going to just leave the kids.
0: But to me, that's, this is my thing. If the private investigator is the one calling her in as a missing person, right? Like that, police should absolutely be concerned. Red flags.
1: (laughs) Like he's like, this is my job. I investigate this privately, and she gone gone. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: like that to me screams concerning. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) So, um, anywho. Police learned that Richard had offered several different versions of what happened to his wife. So what I mean by that is like, he told the neighbor that Healy had made a trip to Germany and would be home soon because she's a stewardess. Right. But then he told others that he didn't know where she went. Okay. But um, let's not forget about Dawn, the nanny i was like
1: i've forgotten about dawn
0: <laughs> yeah i know right you're like who's dawn <laughs> okay um, let's not forget about dawn the nanny the 19 nice year old nanny yes so she uh was told by richard that she had to fly to denmark because her mother was ill and that the nanny's back- mother was ill dawn's no. mother was ill healy's mother was ill okay so he's telling dawn the nanny that healy's gone she went okay. to Denmark because her mom fell ill and she would be back. Okay. So there was So he's like dudes. if you could just
1: like keep the kids until further okay, notice.
0: <laughs> so basically there's all of these fucking statements and none of them are adding up, right?
1: And they're all from him. They're just all different. And every cool.
0: single one of them were from him. So like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to have this many different
1: you're right. But the police forever. were like, it's probably fine because he doesn't exactly. seem suspicious.
0: So now detectives are like, Okay, well, we're gonna start interviewing all these people. Like they're they're interviewing them, they're telling them all these different stories. So the detectives interviewed Dawn, the nanny. Okay. So she told detectives a few things that mm-hmm. struck some interest. So on the morning of the nineteenth, which is the day that she, she mar- went missing. Yeah. Richard woke her up, woke Dawn up. Okay. At um, six in the morning. I no. Okay. <laughs> and he said Healy was driving to his sister's house in Westport and that they would meet her there later. Dawn okay. thought that that was super odd because there's a huge winter storm going on. There's yeah. power failure. Like, why the fuck is she driving at all in this storm? right okay and he insisted that she get the kids up and the children get taken to her sister's house right away so he woke up all three kids at 6 30 in the morning loaded them in the family car with dawn and drove to his sister's house okay then he dropped off the kids and Dawn and left almost immediately and of course healy was not his sister's house even though right. she had left before dawn right so that doesn't make sense why wasn't she there
1: super suspicious so
0: yeah so Don told the investigators that richard didn't even return to pick them up until seven o'clock that evening and that healy never even arrived there so later that night dawn asked richard where healy and like where she was and right. richard said i don't know
1: oh, that, that that's is- the best he could come up with <laughs>
0: Yeah. Then the next day, when she asked Richard the same question, he was like, oh, Healy, it, she flew to Denmark. Her mom was sick.
1: You didn't know that last night?
0: <laughs> right? Okay. So Dawn was like, that was super weird to me. She also told the investigators that she noticed for the first time that pieces of the carpet were cut out and missing from the master bedroom. mm.
1: Because they were bloody and he wanted to get rid of the evidence.
0: So Richard told her that, uh, like he told Don, that he had spilled kerosene on the rug and they needed to be replaced. No. So instead of just pulling up the whole carpet.
1: Let me just cut these just little cut squares out. Squares. Because that's how you replace carpet. You just like, you can it's buy a square carpet and it. just like <laughs> <laughs> put it in there.
0: Well, obviously things started sounding sketchy as fuck right <laughs> a little bit yeah so the newtown police asked richard to do a lie detector test which he agreed but he passed because he knows what lie detector tests take <laughs> they're not
1: we all know they're not super like
0: reliable. Well, and all, well and not just that if you know lie detector tests are um tested based on your heart rate and your pulse right so like if if your pull pull starts um speeding you up you could be
1: you could be nervous it, just because you're taking a lot of test and fail when you're completely innocent like because you're nervous yeah. so your stuff is all out of whack like yeah. they're not reliable
0: and don't forget because obviously like he knows how they work because he worked at the police department on the side um like that's another reason that it could been easy to pass right so, some of the detectives were like, hmm, I know we gave you a lie detector test, but things still don't seem right. So, they decided after all the interviews from the friends and from Dawn that maybe they should question Richard again. So, they called him and asked him for another interview. And on December 11th, investigators located Kraffs on duty at the Southbury Police Department where he was working um, and they were like, "Hey, we need you to come over. We need to question you some more." So he arrived at the Detective Division in full uniform at nine twenty that evening, and this is how the interview progressed. I'm going to okay. read you the interview. Okay. So um, they said, "Richard, do you or Richard, did you know that your wife hired a private investigator?" He said, "No." Did you know that the P.I. has documented your relationship with a New Jersey woman? No. Why would your wife tell her friends she was afraid for herself regarding serving you divorce papers and tell them to check on her if something happened? I cannot imagine her saying this. It is completely out of character for her to say this. Okay. On November 18th, when Healy came home, when and why did she leave those answers are in my statement what, what is the story yeah what is the story with your bedroom rug apparently you removed it or cut some pieces out of it can you explain this to me all the rugs in the house are being removed and replaced but why though <laughs> what was spilled on the rug in your bedroom kerosene lies nice. did you cut pieces of out of the rug yes two feet at a time it's easier to remove it that way what did you do with the rug you took out of the bedroom dumped bedroom rug in the Newtown landfill one week ago it was blue in color why have you been telling everyone different things about healy being missing like her mother being sick i didn't want to say my wife was gone and i didn't know where she was Has Healy received any mail since she's been missing? No. She has gotten no letters since she left. She usually gets about two letters a week.
1: Who's writing her twice a week? I (laughs) don't know. All I get is bills. I don't get no letters.
0: (laughs) Right? Whatever the police had asked, Crafts had an answer. Like, he didn't stutter. He seemed cooperative. I mean,
1: they weren't good answers, but he had answers. Okay.
0: Yeah. Like, he was cooperative, (laughs) but was short enough to come off as guarded obviously. Yeah. So um he was not caught in any outright lies. You know. Okay. They were more like half truths. Yeah, okay. Um and for a man whose wife had like suddenly vanished like C- few weeks ago <laughs> he seemed pretty apathetic right like he didn't seem i don't know it you would think that most men missing their wife would be in tears wondering where she's at freaking out like he didn't seem i mean they would way. i would think they would seem slightly concerned yes <laughs> yeah so he was He was released after providing the cops a brief one statement. I I would like to think that my husband would be concerned if I was missing. My husband better be motherfucking concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I'm sorry, but if you're telling me, like, if my husband's out here being like, oh, yeah, I don't know where she's at. And he's not concerned for almost a month. There's a problem. You gotta be concerned after 10 minutes, bruh.
1: <laughs> he will be. Who's gonna who is going to prepare his meals?
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. I feel like that's the one reason why my husband would be concerned. Whatever. <laughs> Who's gonna cook dinner? <laughs> no. So um he was released after pro- providing the cops a brief one-page statement, which was less than helpful, obviously. Right. And um, detectives were left with even more questions than they had before he showed up because... Because they're like, you didn't answer anything at all, though. And now they're... Yeah, exactly. And now detectives are starting to become more convinced that whatever happened to her, Richard obviously did something. Right. Okay. So Keith Mayo, the hired private investigator, was not happy, obviously. Nothing's working out how... He's like, like, how am I going to get paid if my, (laughs) well, (laughs) no, I think he's like legitimately concerned about her. No, I was kidding. But yeah. Um, he met with friends and attorneys and asked their opinions on the case. He gave his information. He's like, I've been seeing her like getting information from her. And then bam, she just vanished. So after a review of the events surrounding her disappearance and Richard's reactions from it, you know, they agreed he was a little suspicious. So Mm -hmm. they um, couldn't understand why Richard would offer so many different explanations of what happened to Healy. Right. So Mayo decided that he needed evidence to convince the police. He learned that Crafts cut out the pieces of the bedroom rug and had discarded of them at the local dump. Mm-hmm. So Mayo decided he was gonna search for these pieces, which he felt would have contained blood evidence. Right. 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 So with the help of the local trash pickup crew, Mayo was able to find out that Newtown's garbage was deposited in the Canterbury Dump, about two hours east of Newtown. Okay. So he rec- he recruited a couple of helpers. And for the next several days, they searched through mountains of trash at the dump. Like knee deep in garbage. The team searched through like endless streams of disgusting, revolting, stinky garbage <laughs> that had them gagging. But yeah. they succeeded in locating a portion of rug oh, good. that was nearly identical to the rug of the craft residence
1: nearly identical because it was covered in blood
0: (laughs) yeah so mayo was sure it was the missing piece of the rug and it had stains on it that looked like human blood okay um so the article of the rug was taken to the state police lab here's the bad thing the investigation received another setback when dr lee um who was working on the like who was worked for the crime lab. Mhm. He reported that the findings on Mayo's rug samples after a few hours of like backbreaking work carried out to find this carpet. Yeah. None of them tested positive for blood. Really? None of them None tested of positive. them? None of them tested positive.
1: Yeah. I don't believe it, but okay. No.
0: <laughs> right. So because of Mayo's pursuit of the evidence though it focused even more attention on the case so now people are like okay well if this guy is like willing to go and search for hours of this rug something seems definitely off
1: He's so like, he's I've been telling y'all that something's talking, off. Like- <laughs> right? He's like, God, I told you she did. <laughs> she, she's gone, gone. And y'all don't seem
0: to think I'm being for reals. <laughs> I know. He's like, I don't understand how many times I got to do this. I'm doing your job for you right now. <laughs> right? So detectives from the Western District Major Crimes Unit began to look deeper into Kraft's activities immediately before Healy's disappearance. So they pulled his credit card purchases and phone records for the month prior to November 19th and on his master credit card bills, investigators found several interesting purchases. Okay. So on November 13th, which is days before she disappeared, you know, Mm -hmm. Crafts bought a large capacity Westinghouse freezer at an appliance store in Danbury. He paid $375 for it and picked it up at the store on November seventeenth, which was two days before. I don't like that. And during the same beer, billing period, they noticed that he rented some type of machine type of machinery at um Darien Rentals, which generated a charge of nine hundred dollars.
1: So why did crafts
0: exactly it was. So it <laughs> So why like did Crafts need such like an a huge freezer in his house? And they wondered like what type of machinery cost so much money to rent because he wasn't buying it. He was renting it. That's a lot
1: to rent something,
0: by the way, like that. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> so things happened like very quickly over that next week. Um, investigators learned that the $900 charge on Crafts MasterCard was payment for a wood chipper. Um, Also, I
1: didn't think of a wood chipper as something that you, like, rent.
0: I didn't know you could rent wood chippers, but maybe that's just because we don't live in an area that you would want to rent. Like, when I think of wood chipper, I just think of, like,
1: somebody that does that for a living. But, like, if I had a bunch of wood, I would never think, I need to go rent a wood chipper. I'd just, like, burn it.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) But okay. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what I would think, too. But, and also, if you're... If it's winter though, like if you're getting into the cold months too and you rent a wood chipper, why the fuck are you like, why are you chipping wood? Burn it. To
1: keep burn control. it could keep warm. Like what the hell? <laughs> There's a fucking winter storm happening.
0: Well, obviously people are starting to question this, so <laughs> it's, okay. it's good that they're questioning it. Um, So Crafts rented and picked up this very large wood chipper um, on November 19th and apparently used it to chip a quantity of wood, and detectives began to think the unthinkable. Yeah, I. Your face says it all. I don't like it. <laughs> so, on the afternoon of December thirtieth, nineteen eighty-six, Joseph Hine, the utility man from Southbury, who was plowing snow on River Road during a storm, okay, that reported- saw the guy with the wood chipper. He reported to detectives what he saw on November 19th. So it's December 30th. I was going to say, so he, okay. He saw that on the 19th of November. But it's now in the news. He didn't think anything of it then.
1: So he saw it on the 19th and then he sees it on the news and then December 30th. And he's like, Oh, I did see that. I should call the cops.
0: He said it seemed off and being on his mind and seeing how the public had released the disappearance of Healy Craft, and him knowing Richard rather well because he worked at the oh. police department. Okay. Um, He thought he should probably report something to the police after seeing that. Probably, yeah. So they listened to his story about observing a wood chipper and a U-Haul parked on the side of the road in the middle of the night. And det- detectives drove Hine over to the shores of um, the river, which was where he was at on the outside of Southbury. And Hine pointed out the exact spot where he observed the truck towing a wood chipper. Okay. It was an area of the river known as Lake Zor. Zor? Yeah. Z-O-A-R. Zor. Cool. So, detectives saw piles of wood chips along the banks of the river. I can't stop
1: making faces because something's going to happen. I know, right? Something vomitous is going to happen and I can't.
0: Well, there seemed to be small pieces of green plastic that were intermingled with the chips. Mm -hmm. And Detective Brown, who was working on the case, got down on his hands and knees and sifted through some of the material. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. They were really worried about the weather, too, though. I mean, I I get it. You
1: should do that. But I'm just like,
0: yeah. (laughs) So there was a cold wind coming in off the river, and the skies looked ready for like even more snow. So they had to act fast. Right. So the detective noticed some scrapes of shredded paper partially covered by the debris. Mm -hmm. And he managed to find a few pieces of mail and threw a little plastic cellophane window on one of the envelopes that he found. He could plainly read the name and address, Miss Healy L. Crafts, 5 Newfield Lane, Newtown, Connecticut.
1: So that's her mail she wasn't getting? Just just put that in the wood chipper?
0: <laughs> so he shouted to his partner, partner that something was obviously wrong. <laughs> it was obviously? Good job, guy. <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, bruh, found some mail here. It's got her name. Um, I'm going to need you to come over here. <laughs> So, um, within an hour, a search team from the police headquarters descended upon the scene. Okay. They set up a perimeter and performed a search for what they believed was a potential crime scene. Okay. Every inch of the ground was gone over at least twice Mm -hmm. as the team photographed every bit of evidence that was removed from the site so this this additional- search
1: this search happened like a month after he was there with the wood chipper, right yeah okay
0: so um as you know like there's a bunch of storms going on it's been right. really cold nobody's going to the lake so it's not even been touched yeah so they're lucky <laughs> but um every inch of the ground was gone over and then additional envelopes with her name were located within the hour okay They found numerous strands of blonde hair, Ah. bone fragments, fabrics, cloth, plastic items, wood chips, and many fragments of unidentified material. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Every piece of material, (laughs) no matter how small, would have to undergo like scientific analysis. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Soon detectives responded to the rental agency um, where crafts like rented the wood chipper machine. Sorry? So they secured copies of the agreement. And luckily the exact machine was in the rear parking lot of the rental shop. Um, it was towed over to the state police forensic lab where it could be examined, you know, for additional evidence. Right. And in the meantime, they had to still search the lake for a possible body. Yeah. So for days, detectives and police diving teams searched the crime scene area at least one mile in both directions from the site. Mm -hmm. Um, It was super cold, like too cold for divers to stay in for too long. Right. Yeah. Um, And police obtained permission to lower the water levels um, by restricting flow at the power dam which was upriver, okay and divers located a um like a still chain embedded in the muddy bottom of the river um and by still i mean that's the brand it's a chainsaw
1: okay i was like what do you mean <laughs> i don't know what that Sorry. is <laughs> um that's the brand a chainsaw like they found a chainsaw basically
0: yeah so the serial number had been filed off Oh, that's not suspicious. Okay, cool. But it seemed to have been, like, in the water for only a short amount of time. Okay. Because there wasn't enough rust on it. Like, like, like about a month. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't rusted enough. Right. Yeah. So, um, obviously the discover, like, their discovery of it renewed hopes that the police teams, um, continued starting to search for more Mm -hmm. in the river and did this for about two more weeks so days later their labors were rewarded once again Mm -hmm. and one detective discovered a piece of a human toe that does not seem like a reward to me, but okay. It's a reward for anybody that's trying to find answers. Man, to I, I get In it. Case. I get it, but that's a, that I don't like that choice of words. <laughs> but yes, no, no, I get it. No, I'm sorry. Well, shortly afterwards, a fragment of a finger was found and then a part of a tooth. No, oh, mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... If people haven't guessed it yet, I'll, <laughs> I'll just say it. I guessed it at the very beginning when Huge there was trigger warning. <laughs> but she went through the wood chipper. <laughs> in case you didn't know, okay. Yeah. So in the end, Dr. Lee, who worked for the forensic lab, um, he said that our team's efforts at the lake eventually led to the discovery of two thousand. 660 strands of blonde hair. Oh gosh. 69 slivers of human bone. Five just just dro- 69 though? Just 69.
1: I mean, I guess you're looking at a lake so you're not going to find yeah. everything. Five
0: droplets of human blood. Oh. Two teeth. A um. piece of a human skull. Mm-hmm. Three ounces of human tissue. Oh. A portion of human finger. One fingernail. And one portion of toenail.
1: I can't imagine finding like a fingernail in a lake. Like. Not. I mean yes because it's gross. But also you know how big a freaking lake is. Like. Yeah. How in the hell would you find a freaking. Okay. I feel like they found a lot. For somebody that went through a wood chipper. And like got put in a
0: lake. So in other words, Healy Crafts has been found.
1: Yes, that's maybe terrible. not all of her, but <laughs> that is terrible.
0: Well, on January 11th, an arrest warrant was issued in Newtown court for Richard Crafts. That same night at about nine o'clock, a dozen Connecticut state troopers and detectives responded to five Newfield Lane to arrest Richard Crafts. So they surrounded his ranch style house and they called him on the phone He was ordered to come outside, like leave his house and surrender. And he answered and said, I'm tired. I'll take care of it in the morning. Oh, no, sir. That's not (laughs) how that works. (laughs) I'm like,
1: bitch, you better get your ass (laughs) out fine. I'm going to need you to come outside right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously. He was like, I'm sorry.
1: I'm tired can you call me back tomorrow (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's the best answer of a phone call is all
1: i gotta say like i'm just gonna say that from now on when anybody calls me like anybody you call me mom a bill collector
0: i'm sorry i'm tired Well, obviously, the police were like, I'm going to need you to surrender. Um, So you need to come outside. We're going to come outside, like stat. So. Well, he got mad. And so he said, don't call me Oh, he me got back. mad. Oh, don't call me back. What? And he hung up on them okay cool <laughs> well obviously the police were like what the fuck <laughs> They're like no this is not how that works well <laughs> so after a series of phone calls and promises that he would surrender craps finally agreed to come outside i would have just like, busted up in there if i was the cops well his children were inside well
1: there's a reason i'm not a cop
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously
1: <laughs> I, just, um, I would have been
0: like the kool-aid man up in there like oh yeah like no you can't Well, and because well, they showed there. up and they showed up late so like his children were inside and they were asleep
1: yeah that sucks though
0: like, yeah poor kiddos. So at, at 12 30 in the morning he came outside and surrendered. In he the a, meantime. Had he had enough sleep at that point
1: is he good is he refreshed
0: he was, he was refreshed <laughs> in the meantime investigators continued to search in the lake um just to see if they could find any more yeah and the press showed up on the scene with the tv cameras microphones huge lights and a ton of broadcast trucks and before the day was over the entire nation knew the story of the man who may have killed his wife by freezing her body and running it through the wood chipper and yes, he did freeze his, he, her body first. I was wondering, I was like, what's the point of getting the freezer? Like, you're just, I guess so it's not as messy.
1: Yeah. Um. So he could clean the
0: wood chipper easily? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, who? Okay. So obviously police had to find out how she died, right? I like, mean, how did she die? She went through a wood chipper. Or the wood chipper. He wouldn't okay. have ran his live wife. Through a wood chipper. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah. But because, it's also all bad. But because they didn't find a full body, they had to work out of. A- probable scenario I was like how in the hell can you figure out how she died like there's no way to figure out a cause of death with like a toenail and and... and that is where detectives come into play they had to figure out a probable scenario of how he killed his wife we about to get into some criminal mind shit is that what's happening girl <laughs> okay <laughs> so since drops of healy's blood were found in her bedroom because yes that has not been noted but it, it was done because there was a warrant where they could go through his house Okay. They assumed that she was bludgeoned at the foot of her bed during the early morning hours of November 19th. Okay. Maybe she was making the bed, changing the sheets because that's where they found a the little bit of blood. Okay. So police speculated that R- Richard um then carried his wife's body to the basement where he had recently hooked up a new freezer. <laughs> How about that? He he placed her inside the freezer and then woke up dawn the nanny, told her that they should all go to his sister's house. um, Because Healy was already headed there. Because they were suffering power failure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, when Thomas asked about Healy, Richard said that she would meet them at the sister's house.
1: And she never did.
0: Yeah, so they drove there and after dropping off the kids and Dawn... He immediately left. Right. So police believe that sometime during the day, he took Healy's body, by then, frozen solid. By then, really? I feel like it would take a lot longer. He 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 didn't pick them up until 7 o'clock that night. Okay. So he took her body, by then, frozen, to a secluded piece of property that he owned in Newtown. Mm Mm-hmm. There, it is believed that he used the chainsaw on her body to make several smaller parcels of her remains and returned them to the freezer. The next day, after that, when it got dark, Richard took these packages wrapped in plastic garbage bags. Green plastic garbage bags. To the lake mm-hmm. where he ran them through the wood chipper.
1: And the plowman saw him, but not really.
0: Right. So because okay. of the time factors that were involved though, police speculated that when Joseph Hine saw the U-Haul, um, and the wood chipper like alongside the road, that he had already finished his work. He was just parked there along the river road, um, because it was either he was running fresh wood through the chipper to clean it to get rid of mm-hmm. evidence. Right um or like didn't want to seem sketchy by leaving right away like how
1: ballsy do you have to be to rent a piece of equipment and put a body through it and then just like fucking return it like
0: right he's pretty motherfucking ballsy like what the fuck but what, but what richard didn't know at the time was that the machine cast piece of it like it casts pieces when you put things in wood chippers you know um it cast her into the river and some parts didn't quite make it into the water okay like small fragments of her bones strands of hair broken teeth Mm -hmm. mail all that stuff which by the way the mail must have been placed in her pocket the day of her death because he probably didn't even pay attention to that
1: right like why, why would you put her
0: mail in like why would you intentionally do that it makes no sense exactly um so like all of that was falling to the ground and he didn't know he thought if he just flung wood into the wood chipper to clean it out like it's all gonna just go in the lake nobody's gonna know that okay so now we're gonna get to the trial so the prosecution put an expert forensic witness on the stand dr henry lee Mm mm-hmm He testified about the collection and the analysis of thousands of pieces of evidence found in and around the lake. And although only tiny portions and quantities of bone and tissue were found, there was still enough to determine that 65 pieces of bone were cut with a heavy type cutting edge that produced a crushing and cutting force. He said that the bone, human tissue fibers, and hair were all mixed together with wood chips and other debris but most importantly, the same machine cut it all. So one of the most damaging pieces of evidence that was offered at the trial, though, was that there were many, um, you know, there was many things that were offered or whatever. But the, mm-hmm. dis- the discovery of the chainsaw um, that was recovered at the bottom of the river, mm-hmm. this item was a still chainsaw with its serial number filed off. Well, technicians were able to find like remnants of human tissue, blood, hair, and a number of like blue fibers in the teeth of the blade. Oh. Okay. So he thought that if he just cut and threw it in the lake, it was just all going to be gone. So the blue fibers match the rug inside the craft's home. Yeah. The forensic lab Um was able to restore the serial number even though it was heavily damaged and it matched a receipt belonging to richard crafts indicated that he purchased the chainsaw on january 9th 1981 so like five years before he (laughs) five years before but as you know he kept buying stuff that he didn't use or need i'm surprised they didn't just
1: buy like wood chipper Right,
0: (laughs) and the fact that they were able to find like all of this information five years prior, and how much he paid for it—he paid six hundred and forty-four dollars and ninety-five cents for it. Oh, okay, wow. So detectives didn't find the receipt during the search of his home, though. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you who found it. Keith Mayo.
1: Yeah, did of course he
0: did. I see you, Mayo. You want to know why? Because that receipt was actually given to him when Healy Crafts first hired him. She gave him a box of personal papers belonging to Richard. And ironically, the receipt was found with those papers. Wow. And he just so happened to be the great detective that he is. Yeah. And search through the entire box and question what all was in there and what purchases were made mm-hmm. i see you may have so he did an awesome job kudos to this guy for basically bringing this ass this this whole thing home so during the search the two pieces of human teeth that were retrieved from the water um one was a tiny fragment of tooth with a piece of jawbone still attached okay i know sorry dr <laughs> Constantine P. Car- Carazolus. I don't know. It's a really weird name. <laughs> Anyways, she is a forensic oncologist. Um Oncologist? Ondotologist. Ondotologist. Okay. Sorry, I had to slow it down. <laughs> I was like, what words are you saying? <laughs> um, she testified that the tooth was removed from the mouth with traumatic force that sheared it off and took the bone with it this is okay and then further you you gotta warn somebody before
1: these cases (laughs) you
0: guys will just know all trigger warnings i know all (laughs) the cases are trigger warning i know i I know i'm just still not ready (laughs) well further on like uh if i dentist, say this
1: but wait till you hear mine okay go ahead oh,
0: good <laughs> further on if a dentist had removed the tooth the base of the tooth would be clean and absent um like no jaw bone would have been with right. it. so obviously um so the second tooth was even more interesting though it was only part of a tooth but it still had a metal crown attached oh, so using that's some good dentistry of- work yeah yeah so using a series of five sets of x-rays they were that were taken of healy's teeth between 1980 and 1986 by going to the dentist Mm -hmm. um he performed a comparison between the evidence and images he said and it perfectly matched her lower left tooth in the x-ray charts he said that it was medically absolutely certain of the positive comparison yeah so the case went on, um, it went to a jury on on June 23rd, and for the next two weeks, nine men and three women tried to reach a verdict. To me, mm-hmm. the verdict is obvious, right? Like,
1: it would not have taken me two weeks, but okay.
0: Well, on July 15th, 1988, so now we're past that, right? right. After 100 witnesses had testified and 650 exhibits were presented in a 53-day trial. A mistrial had to be declared. What? Because one juror decided not guilty. Oh my, how? Yeah, so Richard, at this, I. Wait, what, what leads, what points to not guilty? I don't, okay don't worry don't you worry i'm worried <laughs> so richard felt like he was going to be free at this point i'm sure he did but then a new trial was quickly agreed upon okay so the second trial was exactly like the first the same witnesses testified the same damning this evidence seems like a
1: lot of waste of like taxpayer money i don't know <laughs> i know
0: Okay. And then when the case finally went to the jury on November 20th, it took only eight hours to reach a unanimous verdict. Crafts was found guilty of murder beyond any question. Mm -hmm. 11 men and one woman uh, felt the evidence was easily supported um, and that he was guilty. So as usual, Crafts showed no emotion when the verdict was announced. Cool. The verdict was announced on November 21st, 1989, almost so, three years to three the day years yeah when he was murdered yeah and in January of 1990 Richard Crafts received a sentence of 50 years in state prison 50 years 50 years well Richard was sentenced after the new and less generous sentencing law was put in place um and he only served 32 years in prison and was re- released on good behavior what? because he he was sentenced after a new law right. was presented that if you're good and have no strikes against you you can get out on parole
1: you're probably not going to kill anybody else it's fine go on. yeah
0: so he was moved to a veterans housing program to get him ready for him being released from prison right at 82 years old okay and now he's free he's free i mean he's
1: free. old he's he probably old. i mean i feel old and don't have the energy to kill anybody so i'm sure he probably will <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> that is the lovely case of richard crafts and how he ran his wife through a wood chipper
1: wow that is just vomitous and terrible and
0: isn't it not okay isn't it nasty it's nasty that's nasty that's girl that's okay. nasty that is not okay
1: well all right all right so let's Just follow us on the stuff all of the things and all stuff facey space gmail yeah.
0: <laughs> you can find it all on dot sisters.com
1: yeah we got the website you can find all the
0: places and for all of our um apple users and stuff uh leave us a rating like leave you us like- a Yes, rate, review,
1: but unless you're going to be mean. If you're going to be mean, don't do it (laughs) because I can't handle it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> i mean we totally want honesty but we do maybe, but also i just, can't handle maybe just, slide, maybe just slide those in our contact us on serial i mean if you feel the need to be nasty i guess go
1: for it but i'll just let you know that i'm i am weak and mm-hmm. i will be sad i'm a crier i'm a crier <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but, um yeah so that's, okay. that's my case that's so, gruesome nice until next time, let's until next be, uh, time
1: awkward. when I give you my gruesome case. <laughs> let's be awkward. Okay. Bye. Bye.